Hello and welcome to the Disabled But Enabled podcast. This podcast seeks to celebrate and encourage sickle cell warriors and also their loved ones who fight alongside them. Each week, we talk about the realities of living with sickle cell disease. We aim to bring hope and leave you with at least one reason to carry on on this journey called life. I am your host, Tutu Emmanuel. Welcome and thank you for joining me on this edition of the show. I've got my very first guest. Um, today I've got with me Fumi Eko, a woman of many hats. She's a broadcaster, she's a coach, she's a mother. I'll just let her introduce herself further. Fumi, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners, please? Um, hello, everybody. My name is Fumi Eko. I am a communications coach, um, communication specialist, and a broadcast journalist. I help people and companies um, communicate with clarity and intent so that they can fulfill their giving goals. I'm also a sickle cell advocate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. You are a woman of many hearts. So where do you get the time to be a sickle cell advocate in the midst of all this? Well, I have a warrior in my house. Uh, my daughter is a warrior. So <laughs> clearly that's top priority. Um, so I live. I live sickle cell every day. I've been living sickle cell for the past um, seven to eight years. Uh, so you don't try to make time for sickle cell. Sickle cell has its own special time. You just, you find that you find yourself in it. I like that. You don't try to make time for sickle cell. Sickle cell has its own time. And mm-hmm. that is the key that, you know, I think that leads me to my next question. You know, you've said sickle cell has its own time. You don't make time for it. So how do you cope with the many things you have? Because what I'm hearing there means that you could have a show, you could have booked up a client, you could have something to do. And sickle cell decides that I'm coming to visit today and I'm coming now. How so do you, you drop everything else. Okay. You drop it. Um, but I do have support systems, people who over the years have learned from me what to do how to do it, but most especially, um, I live a very preventive life um, when it comes in regards to my daughter. Um, I believe in preventive medication, uh, medicine. I I believe strongly when it comes to sickle cell prevention is better than cure. Um, So that's my first most uh, objective to prevent as much as I can. And um, I've been blessed that has been possible um, measures I have learned and put in place have been effective enough to prevent crisis. Um, so I really do not get um, emergencies. No, um, what I have now are routines instead of emergencies, and that helps. Um, and then I have timetables. So there's a time for medication. There's a time to drink water. There's a time for the doctor's visit, which I keep to. So the preventive measures that I put in place. I make sure that I carry them through and I've also um, educated and enlightened the people, my support system of what, when and how to do things that must be done daily, Mm. you know, so we stay on that preventive course. Okay, so I I like that. So you're saying about the support system. So support system is key. It it is, it is. So how do you get that support system when, you know, there are actually a lot of people that don't even know what sickle cell is because, I mean, I'm sure your daughter, like every other child out there, could be jumping and playing and doing all the things that little girls wants to do in one minute and the next minute she's in so much pain. So how do you explain that to people? How did you explain that to your support system? Um, so I started off a group called Red Connect NG and our slogan is Knowledge Saves Lives. And that's the truth when it comes to sickle cell. Knowledge saves lives. First point, you would panic, you would be afraid, like every mother would be, any person would be. And that was my initial reaction. But I come to the realization is that I can know about my enemy or about this problem or this challenge and adjust accordingly, or I can continue with my willing and my crying. So I sought for knowledge. Um, The more you know about it, the better you can um, handle it the less assumptions you have. And mm. ignorance is definitely not bliss when it comes to sickle cell. Tell so, me about it. Ignorance is not bliss at all. It is not bliss at all. Uh, you know, and you know the thing that crises have a way of being disguised, mm. of creeping up on you. 
but knowledge mm. makes you and helps you identify it on time mm. um, and sometimes helps you prevent it. Uh, so knowledge is extremely key. Um, once you, who is the major um, caregiver of the child, or mm. if you are the patient yourself, mm. once you go out looking for knowledge, then the next step is to um, inform your support group about the how, the do's, the when's, the why's. Mm. Um, and then you realize that a sickle cell lifestyle, a sickle cell diet is good for everybody. So everybody adapts into it. Mm. Um, and it just becomes the norm of the day. Like drinking water in my house is the norm of the day. We all drink water at the, at the top of the hour if we're in the house. Yeah. Um, and we cheers to good life. We act like it's champagne. And then everybody, somebody gives a speech. We make it fun, and then we. I like drink. that. I yes. like that. So she doesn't so, feel like, oh, it's just about me. Not at all. We all drink water. I have another daughter. She drinks water. She drinks water as well. I drink water. Everybody drinks water. So we sit around the table. So, so what are we toasting today? We act like it's tea time or something. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Whatever we do, we just make I fun. I like that tea time. You know, you. Know, and then to encourage water, you know the snacks to give. You give nuts, nuts that makes your mouth dry. Yeah. So, and the nuts are still good as well for the yeah. child. So that encourages the child to drink water. So you don't just go every hour, come on, drink water, come on, drink water. No, you know, you just give her nuts. There's not how you eat nuts that you'll not be looking for water at the end of the day or crack at. You'll be yeah. looking for water. So you find, you find ways of maneuvering it and letting it happen. You know, or you tell her, let's race. Mm. I, I bet you I can finish this class before you because she's a child. So yeah. you, so the knowledge is now passed on. And then you'd also take the time as a child grows up in age to educate the child of the whys you need to drink water. Mm. Like I was talking to her yesterday about covering up and staying warm mm. because the snow has stopped, yes, but it's still rainy. You know, mm. and it's, it is chilly. So I said, do you know why I always tell you to put on your house coat when you're in the house? Why do I need you to cover up your chest? And I showed her where her lungs were. I showed her where her ribs are. And I told her mm. clearly. And I said, the cold and sickle cell, mm-mm. They don't That's match. Why. They don't go together. They're like, oh, they're water. Even me in the house, I do. Sometimes I'm wearing my winter coat in the house. And everyone is looking at me, are you cold? I was like, it's OK, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about Just- it. You know, and I, said, and I asked, yeah. do you have pain anywhere? Um, do you feel like your throat is itchy? She, you know, she can freely come to me and say, even if it's hmm. your little pinky that's aching, you come tell me, you know, but I still ask. Um, now, you know, as they grow to the ages where they become teenagers, you're weary about um, leg ulcers and all that. Hmm. And so from the tender age, I've taught her not to itch, but to rub. Hmm. Um, once there's an itch around her hand or her leg, especially, mm-hmm. I said, so when you're itching, don't itch, what do you do? I need you to rub it or take an mm-hmm. ointment. She has one in her room and apply it on it and just rub, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to prevent that we don't have the cases of leg ulcer as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So it all comes down to knowledge. Knowledge saves life. And that is it. We need to know the preventive measures because like you rightly said, Prevention is better than cure. So what do we then say to people who are, because I actually just found out recently that Nigeria, for instance, is actually the capital city for sickle cell. Yes. Which is yes, so, so what do you then say to people who are in the rural areas and things like that? Because I remember growing up as a sickle cell patient myself. I mean, my parents found out when I was two. And it was by chance. It was during the first crisis. And God bless the first doctor that took me to he said, oh, she's got polio. Hmm. Thank God my parents were diligent and they had given me the, all the immunizations. And that was the only reason why they sought a second opinion. If they hadn't given me the polio immunization prior to that, or if the crisis had happened before the polio immunization, they would have gone that, with that. They would have gone with that. So it was second opinion that basically saved me. And thank God. But what do you then say to people who are out there who can't get this knowledge or who have been told all this? all these stories about what sickle cell is not and saying that is what sickle cell is. How do we get them to get that knowledge? How do they get that knowledge? How do we make that knowledge available to them? 
Okay, so first things first, um, to anybody who's watching and listening, don't say, oh, she's in the UK and she's in America, so you're all good. No, I lived in Nigeria with my sickle cell child, um, mm. and I managed her in Nigeria for about three, four years um, before mm. leaving the country. So I know how it is. Um, mm. uh, first of all, your pain is real, your fear is real. I was mm. that mother who would drive and park on the road and start to cry, mm. you know. I was the one that they told, don't give your child plantain, don't give your child this, go and buy that, go and buy this, give her this medication. We, you mm. know, you go through that whole um, roller coaster. So I yeah. get it. So I'm not trying to be um, ignorant of what you've been through because I've been there as well. And some doctors know about sickle cell, shamefully, you know, Nigeria is the capital of sickle cell. Um, but some doctors in Nigeria have no clue. First hand, I would tell you that. I've yeah. gone to situations whereby I begin to tell the nurse and the doctor what to do. And I say, no, 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 no. Many instances, you know. So I would say get a second opinion. Get mm. a third opinion if you mm. have to, mm. you know. Um, and then also get information yourself. There is nothing more delightful when the doctor also sees that you have prior knowledge of this condition. Mm. One, it makes the doctor or the, or the health care giver extra careful with you yeah. as a parent or as yeah. a patient. Um, when they know that you know the basics about sickle cell, like you mm. get, into, get into the hospital. And as long as it's not issues with your lungs that requires fluids in your lungs, clearly a sickle cell patient should be put on, on a line. A line is the first thing that is set because we need those, those juices to flow. Mm. Um, as long as it's not issues with there being fluid in your, lung, your lungs, then you should be put on the line. I've been to hospitals in Nigeria where the, the, the patient has pain crisis and there is no line set, mm. you know, um, because we need the child or the patient hydrated. That's rule number one when it comes to sickle cell. Um, mm. Basic things they should check. They should check your vitals, number one. Um, you should also know your PCV, which is your blood level, when you are not mm. sick. So that when you also get to the hospital and they now do the blood test, you can do a comparison, you know. Mm. But you should know what your basic uh, PCV is um, mm. prior to having a crisis. So you mm. have a basis for um, comparison, especially if you are taken to a hospital that is new to you and it's not your regular hospital where they do not have your records. And you know clearly they're not going to start transferring records from your old hospital to wherever you are. So have yeah. those basic knowledge know what your basic SpO2 is, which is also your oxygen levels. So when you go to the hospital and it's your regular checkup and you're not, um, you're not in a crisis, be free mm. to ask the nurse, what's my SpO2? Can I see the lab results? What's my white blood cell level? What's my red blood cell level? What's the PCV percentage so far? Um, PCVs are always in percentages. So you know what range you, is your stable range and have that knowledge, you know. So when you get into a crisis, Whoever is attending to you knows in what comparison they are treating you um, to. So that's another basic thing that you should know. Um, you also need to know your body. You need to know the signs of when you're about to kick into a crisis. You need to listen to your body. Um, you need to also take note of your activities, what you do, how you walk around. Do you need to walk around 30 minutes and take a break and put your feet up and just massage your feet? Um, do you need to slow down and catch your breath and drink some water? You know, everybody's body works different. So but you got to listen to your body and know what system works for you. So if you are in a place in Nigeria, which is a rural area, and unfortunately in the rural areas, there are many, so many misconceptions about sickle cell. Um, yeah. In Nigeria, you learn to be the doctor before you get to the hospital. You know, um, you learn to, you have a thermometer at home where you can check temperature if you have a child, if it fits you. And not using your hands to check your head like this, you know, <laughs> and, and check like this. Check the cheek, check mm -mm. the head. Mm -mm. You check here, it feels normal. Ah, she's okay. But you didn't check the tummy, especially yeah. when it comes to kids. You didn't feel her tummy. You mm. didn't feel in between her thighs. Mm. You know, you didn't check under her armpit. Mm. But you actually have the real temperature. So yeah. that's why you should have a thermometer. Um, and then you should know what to do prior to then. Okay, if the if the temperature is about 38 degrees centigrade Celsius or it's 39 or it's 40 and it's a child, what do I do? The hospital is far, 
it's about 39, 34. What do I do? You don't take cold water and just pour on the child. No, you send the child into a shock. You use lukewarm water, you know, or you take a sponge. Take a sponge is when you take um, like a bath, a face towel, mm. and stipulate the lukewarm water and just try to massage the child with it to bring down the temperature. And you do that continually until the temperature comes down a bit. Give the child uh, paracetamol or PCM and then start heading out to the hospital. And you ask yourself, why do you do that? You do that because your journey from the house to the hospital, if that fever continues to spike, the child mm -hmm. might convulse. Yes. Um, and I'm not a medical professional, a practitioner, but this is based on my own experience and knowledge that I've learned from medical people. Because when I did find out my daughter had sickle cell, I went to the sickle cell foundation in Nigeria. I was directed there by asking so many questions. And um, I lived there, so to say. I go there all the time. My break time, I go there. I follow them. I find out what events they are doing. So when they are training their nurses and their doctors, they said I could not participate. So I volunteered to bring food. I volunteered to arrange the tables. I volunteered to do video coverage so I could be in the same hall and hear what the doctor and the nurse was hearing. And that is the honest truth. Everybody <laughs> knew me. And when I come, well, maybe my dad and my daughter had to do a TCD scan. Um, and that TCD scan is used to check um, the oxygen level going to the brain to avoid mm -hmm. stroke because mm -hmm. children between the ages of 2 to 16 are liable to have a stroke. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I come with my sheet of paper and my list of questions. And Dr. Jibola will say, all right, for me. I'm ready for you today. I've read my books. Come and tell me what, what questions do you have? You know, so you just need to look for the knowledge. That's the truth. And that see, I like what you're saying there because you're just saying as a mom, you cannot give up on that child. You mm. have to do whatever it takes to get the knowledge. If they're not going to give it to you willingly, you find creative you ways find to ways. get it. Yes. So, you know. They were not willing for you to do the training. You said, okay, no problem. I don't want to do training. I just want to bring food. I just I'll want bring to food. food. I will serve the food. I would I did video coverage. I recorded most of the events for them and edited it and put it on a DVD and gave it to them. Um, I did all sorts just to be in that room. So there's no even need to fight. There's no need to argue. Just look for creative ways. Ways to get in, yes. To get in. And that, I, I like that. I like that. I mean, March is Women's Month, really, because we've had International Women's Day and we've got Mother's Day. And mothers like you are just superheroes, you know. <laughs> we just kind of love you. We just thank you for being thank you. Being you. So what would you say to that mother out there that someone is saying, you know, there's no point. Give up on this child. Because you hear all sorts, and I know you've heard it all. Why are you stressing yourself? Why are you wasting so much money on this child? Why are you doing this with this child? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your energy? You know, I mean, I remember growing up, and thankfully, I just praise God. Different ages, they'll tell my mom, ah, she, you know, sickle cell patients, there's no need. Mm. They, don't serve, they don't go past this age. They don't. And you know how the devil is. It's almost like someone has spoken that thing. So as I'm approaching that age, it's almost like that sickness starts to come. So what would you say to that mother out there that is going through that right now? You're not the only one. We are all in this fight together. The thing is that don't choose to walk alone. It's a, it's a long journey and it's going to be tiring. And you want to stop. You can stop. Take a seat, catch your breath. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But don't sleep off. Get up and move. The child is yours. At the end of the day, it is your responsibility. Like my doctor would joke, when you have the baby, are you going to need them for me? It's your baby. So you do what you need to do. You do what you need to do to the point where there's nothing else you can do. But if you haven't gotten to that point, then there's no stopping yet. No you need stop. to exhaust all options. You touch that child and there is life in that child and there is breath. You do everything you need to do. Everything you need to do. Um, you change jobs. I changed jobs when I found out my daughter had sickle cell. And I got the knowledge I, I had to get. You know, and she was two at the time. And she had to take penicillin in VK and folic acid in the morning. And I was in Nigeria. And I was trying to prevent malaria. I became the um, chief fumigation officer of my compound. I stopped asking anybody. You know when you go and knock on your neighbors and say, 
it's time to cut the grass. It's time to clear the gutter. I didn't wait for anybody anymore to do. Everything I hear and research that can kill mosquito, I've looked for it. You know, and I had flowing gutters. So Saturday morning, I, will, I bought a shovel. I will scrape out all the uh, fungus in it, yeah. pack it out. And then you now see me, I, will, I bought a hose, connected it to the tap. I flush out the whole um, the gutter. And then I take my snapper, I pour sniper all over the place. My I neighbors were enjoying Ah, my neighbors were enjoying. My neighbors were enjoying. Sniper. Even down to and I found out that what they call otapia. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of it before. Kills I mosquitoes. Have. Yes. Really? I know yes, that. it does. It does. So and then I will buy a pack of bacon for mosquito. You see, as I dropped my daughters in school, funny enough, their school was just two day, two um, blocks away from the house. I, before I go to work, I run into my house and now cover my nose and fumigate the whole every day. Fumigate the whole house under the bed, behind the curtains. I shake the net. I shake the net. I go round. I move the bed beneath the bed, the AC vent everywhere. I spray. And then I come out, I air myself before I get into my car because I'm obviously smelling of big on. And then I spray myself some nice perfume and off to work. So by the time we all get back home at the close of day, the house is all perfect. And then my kids are going to school. I rub Odomos, the cream called Odomos, non-reclarant, non-reactive, but it drives away uh, mosquitoes. That's their body cream. And when it's not too hot, instead of her wearing long socks, she wears pantyhose. So I just know the odomos has to cover the hands and the mm. face and the neck. And then I go to school, I talk with the principal, I talk with her teacher, and I tell them she needs to have a bottle of water on her table. She needs to drink her water. And because she drinks water, she's going to go to the bathroom. This is what is going to happen if she doesn't drink water. This is what is going to happen if she doesn't go to the bathroom. So you educated the teacher, educated and, the the school teacher well. and the school as well. I found out into chance or assumption. Nope. I found out there were other two children that had sickle cell and their parents didn't say nothing. So I remember that day I was at the front desk. Um I just brought her in for her immunization. She went to get her pneumococca immunization yeah. at age four. Mm. And I said there's nothing to worry about if she has a slight fever, give her PCM. If it persists, then please give me a call. I'll come get her. But she's mm. fine. Um, she usually doesn't react to resignation, but I needed to also let them know, you know. Yeah. And then they had a school nurse, so I had a chat with her. So when I was there, the lady next to me said, your daughter takes pneumococcal. I said, yeah. She said, why? I said, she has sickle cell. She said, my daughter has sickle cell too. I said, she does? I said, does the nurse know? She said, nobody mm. knows. So that's the thing. That's the problem. Nobody knows because nobody wants to talk about it. So she took another extra hour of my time. I had to tell her it was fine. Look at my daughter. You won't be able to tell. She said, what do you do? What do you do? So we started that discussion there. And then she now called the nurse and told the nurse, her daughter too has a sickle cell. She said, ah, I didn't know. Okay, so now you know. And I found another parent. Her son had sickle cell. So it became the truth. So they will always show up at my house. We'll talk about sickle cell. Mm. Ooh, how our kids can act well and oh your daughter doesn't look at it i said yes this is what i do this is what i do this is what i give you know so it's it might be hard at the beginning but you adapt to the lifestyle you know your child can still be a child that plays and runs around they just take mm. breaks in between and they take their water mm. and when you calculate how much energy has been exerted you say okay come let's rest for a while instead of running let's watch some television together you find a way to distract the child from the running around. Yeah. And then when I know my daughter goes about running around, she sits down. I become her masseuse. I take a bowl of warm water. I soak her feet into it. I say, okay, this is how you get a manicure. But I know what I'm doing as a mother. Yeah. You know, so she feels she's getting a manicure, which is cool. <laughs> we are warming up her blood. I'm warming up the blood. <laughs> and also relaxing the muscles so we don't yeah. have any pain. You know, yeah. and then when I'm done, I put a little bit of ointment. Sometimes I might use Ori um, and mix it up with um, a bit of a heat balm, you know. Yeah. And then I massage her feet gently, you know, and I put her feet up. I cover her up. I say, okay, let's get you some popcorn. Let's watch a movie. 
And then I I'm need still on to... top of the world. Oh yes. <laughs> and I need her to drink some fluid. So Ribina will help and mix Ribina into a big cup that is water with a little bit of Ribina into it. Yeah. And we do cheers and we sit down and we watch trolls. Yeah, I like that. So basically finding creative way for her to not feel different and to enjoy herself exactly. as a child. Exactly. Because kids will always be kids and saying, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that without explaining is not going to help that It's not child. going to help at all. So you mentioned earlier that you changed job when you found out that she was sickle cell. Was it because so you could support her with the, on the journey or was it mainly because your current job wasn't going to allow that flexibility for you to be the mom you needed to be? Both. Both answers. Both answers. First of all, I had to support her. At the time, she was my only child. Um, and then it was an adapt, um, ad adaptation to a different lifestyle. You know, yeah. I had reading to do. I had my research to do. I had to find um, foods that would increase her, her red blood cells um, and how to give it them to her. First of all, introduction of Pensley VK. We didn't have the liquid form in Nigeria, you know. Yeah. Um, what we had was the tablets. So yeah. I had to find a way of giving her at age two. And it's not wow. a palatable one. So I bought, what did I do? I had these big syringes, hmm. you know. So once I grind, I bought the grinder. You get that in the pharmacy. Yeah. But prior to that, I was using it in paper. I would just match it up. So I found the grinder in the pharmacy. So I grind it up. I put the needle into the big syringe, remove yeah. the bottom. Um, yeah. I pour, because she, she takes folic acid. So yeah. I pour the 2.5 ml of the folic acid, put the powdered penicillin VK, and I did ask her doctor. He said it was fine. And I do it multivitamin syrup, or I do it with the folic acid. But I didn't want to give her too many medications, so I did it with the folic acid. And then I put the other 2.5 ml of the, the folic acid to complete it, and then I shake. And then... When she comes to me, no negotiation. I don't take off the needle part, put it in the mouth, click, and then give her her tea. I say, wash it down, wash it down, wash it down, wash it down. And she makes a face. I need to make a face. <laughs> so, ew. She's like, ew, mommy. I say, yes, ew. Drink some tea, drink some tea, drink some tea. And then I take my medication when she had to take her medication. Yeah. So we're all taking medication together. Yeah. You know, so that was one way. So I had to adjust, you know. I had to make sure it was my duty to get her ready for school. And before she goes to school in the morning, I needed to check her. I needed to check her spleen um, in the morning. I put it on her bed, and I learned that at the Sickle Cell Foundation, yeah. how to check her, her spleen, you know. Mm -hmm. I needed to talk to her and squeeze her in her in elbows and angles and to see if any pain will reflect in her eyes mm -hmm. and ask her, but also watch her eyes as she did that because I saw the pediatrician do that. Yeah. Um, I had to ask her to check her pee when she used yeah. the bathroom to hmm. check the coloration of her pee to determine if she was hydrated or not. Um, hmm. I know when to increase um, um, hydration. I had to check her palms. I had to check her eyelids to check to see if she was pale. Um, you know, her coloration to check how she was doing. You know, so I had to check all that. You can't go to the hospital every day to check that. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't. And you might even pick up an infection while you're there. It, when you, exactly. So which is the last thing you need. So the job I had at that time, um, I was working in the radio station and I was on call at seven o'clock. So that means I probably have to leave home at about five thirty-six. So it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. So that job had to go. Okay. So that was your personal choice. It wasn't like the job was itself were giving making even issues because you had to take her to the hospital or things like that. No. First of all, the morning routine. I like I told you I lived I believed in the preventive. The yeah. morning, that morning routine is a preventive measure. You check her mm -hmm. spleen, you check her urine, you check if there's pain, make sure she gets her medication, make sure she has food, make sure she eats before she leaves the house, make sure she's um covered up with mosquito repellent. You see her in the morning, no itchy throat or sneezing, or cough, or catar, mm -hmm. or fever, you know, yeah. okay, fine, she's good to set out in the morning. But when you see all those, you notice a thing or two, and you, you check it for a full day and it doesn't improve, you know you're heading to the hospital. Then rather get that call from school. Mm -hmm. You don't want to get that call from school because it, it just, 
no it, mother was it, to get it, that it's a tough one. If it is a tough one, taking care of a, a sickle cell warrior, it is a very, very tough one. You know, you sound like you just have everything under control and you've managed it all, but you're still keeping a career going. Another woman would have said, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to give up my career. I'm going to become a full-time mom and I'm just going to give up my life for this child, which there's nothing wrong with that. But one day that child is going to grow up and come back home and say, mommy, I'm getting married. And then you found out that you don't have a career, you don't have anything else. How did you manage to do that? How did you manage to keep your career going and everything else going? Albeit, I'm assuming you took a bit of a back to sit and you're probably not where you want to be and you probably mm -hmm. could have done a bit more if not for the fact that you had to take a back But how did you manage to run, do such a fantastic job with her and also keep your career going at the same time? Because if you don't learn how to take care of yourself as a caregiver, you will burn out. Uh, and it's not just physically, it's also mentally. It's a toll on a caregiver as well, as yeah. well as the patient. So you yeah. need your points of distraction. Now, I guess, truly speaking, um, maybe I would have had higher heights um, if I didn't have a warrior child and done some other things that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, yes. I won't say that to lie. That would be that would be me lying, and there's no yeah. need for that. But I find consolation that my child is stable. So, what one. are some of the ways that you used to take care of yourself as a caregiver? What are some of the distractions? Oh, you... I go get a pedicure first of all. I'm not to too much for the nails any longer. I used to be, um, but for my feet, and I always chose a salon that had a massage chair, okay. so I get two in one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to qualify someone, I like that. <laughs> so while they're taking care of the feet, I'm taking care of my back and my joints in the chair, you yeah. know, and I just put it and I get the massage at the same time, you yeah. know, so I do that a lot. That's my me time. Mm. Um, I take walks. Um, I do music. I do music. I do, oh, I do music. Music is good for you, so, you know. But you see, the preventive life didn't kick in immediately. We had our trips of rushing to the hospital at 2 a.m. at 3 a.m. Yeah. That's inevitable. Uh -huh. We had our trips, so it didn't kick in immediately, but it kicked in eventually. You know, the first one, two years of us finding our sickle cell, we were headed to the hospital every other month, every other week. But my daughter had not been hospitalized in five years. Thank God for that. So God gets all the glory and then the preventive lifestyle eventually kicking in. It's mm. a long-term thing. You know, when you do it continuously, then the body begins to build. And then also nutrition. That's a major part when it comes to sickle cell. Yeah. Um, so I, I found my areas of release. I would dance. Um, and then her dad also would take turn. He'd go, are you going out today? I say, no, I'm home. Okay, so okay, I'm going out. Okay, you take a break. Bye-bye. And then that's okay, I'm going out on Thursday. And then he's home. Yeah. So he knows what to do. We've gone through this, through this journey together. And then I go take a break. And he knows to call me. Once I don't see my phone ring, he'll tell me, don't worry, she's fine. We're good. And I say, yeah. awesome. You know. Yeah. And so that's another support. And then my mom. My mom is diabetic. So when I leave my daughter with her, I know... Everything my mom eats is good. So everything my daughter will eat when she's with my mom is good. You know, yeah. and my mom also learned the process as well. So career-wise, I found things around my major career. So I went behind the scenes where I can rough out, run out and run back in and not, mm. not be slightly noticed instead mm. of being in front of the camera, which I usually am. Um, I did radio, uh, switched to radio because I didn't have to go in every day of the week. Um, yeah. and then it was just for an hour program here, an hour program there. And I also got to the point where I started producing, um, for people, you know, so okay. I just put it, I can be in my house and get it sorted out and have a crew. Um, but I was still within the profession that I loved, you know, so I didn't get a hundred percent from it, but I, I can say I got 70 to 60% from it. Yes. And then I had a stable child. So that made it a hundred percent. That's good. I like that, that you didn't give up on your career. You found creative ways around your career. And is there anything that, um, so if there's someone out there that owns a business and has a sickle cell, either a warrior or the mother of a warrior, 
what can they do to support? Because, you know, now we're hearing this, surely in the Western world, in the UK, in America, there's this thing about family life balance, you know. So for people that are employers, employing people that are caregivers of an illness like sickle cell, what would you say to them if their employers, employ, employees rather, have to leave and at such a at the drop of a hat, because this preventive thing it's it's good, but it takes a while to kick in. Yeah. It takes a while to kick in. So pending that time before it kicks in, this mother, this father still has to drop Provide things it. at the minute middle of meetings and stuff like that. What would you say to that employer out there in terms of ways they can be understanding to this employee of theirs? You know, in most countries, there are clauses when it comes to the Disability Act and there are clauses around it. And in, in like in the States here, sickle cell falls within that Disability Act, yeah. you know, that gives you protection. Yeah. Um, and then if you get you inform HR about it, that's number one. Um, most companies have different policies. And so you find, about, find out about your company's policy when mm. it, regarding to um, healthcare. Um, so some of these details, we tend not to look at it because we're just excited to get the job, you know. Yeah. But it is important that you ask HR about healthcare and um, emergencies and um, if you have PTOs at pay time off, mm -hmm. if you can apply it quickly and all that. Those questions should be asked, especially if you have a special child to care for. Not necessarily just sickle cell. There are other, um, if you yeah. have a special needs child, you know yeah. and if you or you are the one that requires your special needs you should ask hr those questions first more but if you're already in that situation where you didn't get to that knowledge then feel free to still walk up to hr and ask those questions um i know what allowances are are available to you it's mm -hmm. it's very very important and then um have a backup plan have someone you can call hmm. you know and then if you do have a, a partner or a spouse have that talk with your partner or your spouse. Um, mm. If your job is not flexible enough, their job might be flexible enough, you know. And then um, if you do have a superior or manager that you feel you can approach, it's always good to let them be in the know. Don't yeah. hide sickle cell. Don't hide. Because when it will rear its head, it's going to be ugly, you know. So it's like, oh, you don't want people to know about me, then they will know about me now. That's how it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, don't hide sickle cell. Let yeah. everybody know. You see that you have a good rapport. That's the guy. I have my daughter. Sometimes we get emergencies, but you know, I do my best mm. to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. You're giving a hint. Yeah. You know, you know, but so, so but support systems. Somebody you can call who can pick up the child before you can get there. So let mm. them know. Let mm. them know what it's about. Let mm. them know what you're doing. Oh, I can't make it, you know. I yeah. got to watch my daughter because of this. So it's important. Mm. So ask HR, talk to HR, talk to your partner, your spouse, if you do have one. Um, and then have a third party outside you and your husband or you and okay. your partner that yeah. you can give a call yeah. that is reliable. And mm. how do you do that? You show up for that person too, you know, when they need help. Especially if you are mothers, you mm. know, if you are mothers and you have um, the other lady, I told you, I said, if you can't come get your child, I work for myself, call me, I'll come get your child. And I did that a, a couple of times, you know. And first of all, they are at peace because they know it's another mother that knows about circle cell. And you let me know who your hospital is. We, we exchange hospitals, we exchange doctors' numbers, you know. So I'm taking your daughter to the hospital. There's one I took her daughter to Lagoon and she couldn't make it till evening. I was lucky enough. My mom was around. My cousin was living with me. They, all, yeah. they could get my daughter from school and my daughter was fine. But I was in the hospital with her child, you know. And I was there. And you see me, those nurses, I don't think they'll ever forget me. If you are a knowledgeable mother, yeah. when I'm in the hospital, I'm in the hospital with a paper and, and viral. Yeah, asking questions. What are you doing? Uh, what, what are you, are you giving? giving? What medication is this? When is the next dosage? What milligram did you give? Are there any side effects? You notice know, you just look at me and say, please answer my question. It's not quarrel. It's not right. What mm -hmm. did you just give her? And I will look at it and I'll check the number and I'll write it down. I know some of these words, you cannot pronounce it. Well. But write it in the way that you know what you wrote, you yourself. Yes. You yes. know what you wrote. And you write the time 
which time medication was given. Yeah. And as every mother, you will know that there is a routine. It's at right. four, four hours, it's six, six hours. Antibiotics will be eight hours or 12 yeah. hours or 24 yeah. hours. Antibiotics is not every two, two hours. No, it's not. Except it's, it, it's, it's a drip. A drip. Yes. Yeah. So not those basics. Write it down. Write the name of the nurse that administered it. And that's what I do. That's what I do. She was giving PCM at this time. She was giving um, the antibiotic at this time. She had mm. a fever spike at this time. Mm. And this is what the fever was. It was 39. It was 40. Mm. Um, cells. So you write it down. So you, yeah. because I realized that for them to release your child, your child has to be 24 hours without a fever. Yeah. When the child is feeling well. But mm. they also need to see the progression of the fever. Mm. To know if the antibiotic is kicking in. To know yes. if the medication is kicking in. You yes. should know that as a parent. They will never tell you that. But you got to observe. You yeah. got to focus. It's a pattern. It's a routine. You know. And antibiotics are given from um, the first gener generation and they grow up depending yeah. on how it's going to be. So the lowest form of antibiotic first before they do the blood test and then when they discover whatever, if it's a viral bacteria or, or if it's a virus, they know to change the antibiotic or not to change the antibiotic. Mm. Those are things that you learn by sitting down in that hospital. Write it down mm. for accountability and also for you to, even before you ask, is she getting better? When you look at the notes, you know she's getting better. Hmm. If the fever was always 39 and the next fever was around 37, you yeah. know, you'll be hoping that by the next dose of the antibiotic, the fever should drop again. Yeah. And if it stays within 37.1, 30, 36.8 for, for two, three times that day of them checking, you know that the antibiotics is kicking in. If the, if the SP, SPO2 is within the high 90s, you know that she's in good shape when it comes to oxygen. Yeah. You know, but if it's dropping into the lower 90s, 93, 92 is still okay. But if it goes to 90, 89, you know, sooner or later, you probably might put that child on oxygen, mild yeah. oxygen, nothing too serious, yeah. you know. So you go, you go, pay attention. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sure the listeners have been so educated with this session. And I like what you said about. You know, you just got to do what you need to do for the child. What word would you leave our listeners with? So somebody listening out there, you know, because this is all about giving hope to people that either are sickle cell warriors themselves or they are carers for sickle cell warriors. And they've just giving them hope because you find that because we don't talk about it, we don't tell people about it. It's a hidden hush-hush. Don't tell anybody you have sickle cell so a lot of people then find themselves in this situation and it's almost like hopeless situation. What do I do? So what word of hope would you leave our listeners with? Knowledge saves life. You know, when you hear someone passes on and they say, ah, sickle cell. Sickle cell does not come in the morning and kill you at night. It's a process. It's a diminishing process. Mm. You know, it can be an appreciating process as well. Mm. So aim for that. A child doesn't suddenly die of sickle cell. Sickle cell is not a heart attack that just comes and kills you, you know. Sickle cell is a diminishing process where things begin to shut down gradually over a period of time. Over a period of time of not taking your medication. Over a period of time of not resting or being fatigued. Over a period of time of not eating the right kind of food over a period of time of being exposed to malaria and becoming anemic, because that's what malaria does to you and your child, brings about anemic. And we're trying to increase the blood red blood cells for goodness sake, not to diminish them. So mm -hmm. everything that happens with sickle cell, it's over a period of time. It doesn't happen suddenly. So you try to reverse it. Over a period of time, update the nutrients, the, the nutrition. Check mm -hmm. what your child eats. Research about the foods, foods that increase red blood vessels, food that have natural water, your, uh, your cucumber, your uh, watermelon, foods that help with red blood cells, your, your greens. Don't overcook your greens. Foods that give natural ions. Give your child plantain. There's nothing wrong with it. It's an ionizing medication that they do not require. 
Um, foods um, that help with bones, give your food, your child food that contains calcium. If your child is under the age of five, your child should be taking penicillin VK, should be taking folic acid. But if you have a good nutrition that has folic acid, like here, they will stop you from taking the oral one because there's broccoli, um, there are your greens. And if you're in Nigeria, there is the wedu, there is ugu. You're enjoying in Nigeria. Give your child all those greens. You do not need to be rich and full of money to have a right diet. Buy your um, your fish, your roasted fish. They call it Titus fish back home. We call it mackerel fish here that is roasted. Take your greens, cook your greens, add the Titus fish, don't overcook your greens, and give to your child with a little bit of your of carbohydrates which they need and lots of veggies that they do need. Tomato, your antioxidants, your child needs your tomatoes, needs a red bell pepper. They need that as well. You give your child a way to and stew. Let the way to be rich and not be overcooked. You know, you give your child Gary. There's, there's a component of cassava that's extremely good for um, sickle cell. So yes. you can give your child um, cassava. Make smoothies for your child. My daughter takes beetroot. Buy one beetroot, buy one apple, blend it together and give your child a teaspoon every day like clockwork. You can buy your lettuce, blend it with pineapple and give your child a thing to sweeten the greens. You know, necessarily don't have to cook them all the time. You can blend your ugu and mix it with malt and give it to your child to increase red blood cells mm -hmm. as well. You know, uh, make water fun. Hot slice some sweet um, tangerine or onions uh, or oranges into the water for the child. Make it colorful. The days you can afford to buy strawberry, you buy. The day you can afford to buy blueberry, you buy. The day you cannot afford to buy either of that, go and buy your ugu from the market or buy your green leaves. Add a bit of fish to it. Um, here they say salmon is rich, omega-3. Give your child fish. Give your child chicken. Do not give your child soda. Coke. Fanta. <laughs> Sprite. Give them once in a while. Yeah. You know, once in a while. Um, Ribena will buy Ribena to sweeten the water for the child. You know, so it's a process. And over time, you now see the benefits of the nutrition. You see the benefits of um, the medication. If your child is on hydroxyurea or whatever your child is on, you will see the benefits over time. And when you go to the hospital, when the, when the pediatrician or the, is examining your child, Stand next to her. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you some questions. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? I'm told I need to check my child's spleen in the morning. Can you please show me how to do it? You are paying for that specialist. By all means, let them show you how to check that spleen. You know? And then, please, if you don't mind, just a few seconds. Guide me. So I'll be able to check this child's spleen. Say it in the right tone. And the child does not agree. Walk up to management. Walk up to management and say, this is what I ensured with me and the pediatrician. Will you please um, speak to the pediatrician on my behalf or allocate me a different one who would work with me to make sure that my child is of proper health? You know, so, but if you do not ask, if you do not ask, it will be as usual. And if you find your child in the hospital, by all means, take record of the nurse, of the medication, the time of the medication, the name of the medication. Because you need accountability. And when they see that you write everything down, everybody is cautious around you. Everybody takes an extra step to make sure that what they are doing is correct. And even the, even the doctor. My doctor here, when I walk into his office, he goes, for me, where's your list? He knows I have questions. Because yeah. I'm reading, I'm researching, I'm listening to people. Don't say, ah, I'm not a doctor. The doctor read a book. Yeah. You read a book. And then ask your doctor about preventive measures. Ask your doctor about nutrition. Ask your doctor about medic medication. Ask your doctors, what should I see and start coming to the hospital? Mm -hmm. Have a thermometer at home. Check your child's temperature. Check your child's palm to see if you see coloration or not. Ask how they check these things, you know? Because the doctor will be happy that you are taking preventive measures. But do not see your child as an end case. A stable, a healthy superstar life is achievable. Will you get down periods? Yes. But a stable, like every other child falls ill that mm. doesn't have superstar, mm. you know. So your child will fall ill or may not fall ill, 
you know, but in the long run, do everything and anything that you can do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been super, 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 super informative. And I'm sure the listeners will have gained a lot. So there's no excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Knowledge saves lives. Yes. And no matter where you are in the world, you can save the life of that sickle cell child. There's things, there are options and ask questions. The child is solely your responsibility. Yes, you give them in the hands of the doctors and the caregivers and the schools to take care of them when they need to, but you are still solely responsible for that child. So ask questions, tell them in schools that this is what my child is and don't yes. be afraid to speak to them. Thank you so much for me. Thank you for your time. I'm sure the listeners will have been super blessed by this. Thank you. And I hope if we invite you again, you'll be happy to come back. To oh, share. definitely. Definitely. And one more thing, please, if your child is within the age of 2 to 16, get your child to do a TCD scan. It's a scan where they check the oxygen level flowing in the brain, uh, just to make sure that the brain is getting enough oxygen to prevent strokes, because strokes are not reversible. So if your child is within the ages of 2 to 16, Ask your doctor, ask your hematologist about your child doing a TCD scan. Thank you, listeners. You heard that a TCD scan is essential if your child is between the age of 2 and 16. And it is your right to have it done. It is not, you know, it is your right as a parent to request it. So please exercise your right on behalf of that child. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thanks for joining us this week on the Disabled But Enabled podcast please check us out on instagram and twitter our handle is at disabled but enabled and on our website disabledbutenabled.org as always subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review feel free to tell us anything you would like to hear us talk about so we can continue to bring you fresh content once again this is yours truly tutu emmanuel saying switch on the power within and see you next week